A survey conducted by Irish Rugby Union Players Association revealed that the average rugby career spans a total of seven years. Meanwhile, according to Rugby Dome, the average retirement age for rugby players is 34 years of age in England and in Ireland, it's slightly younger at 32. Scrum halves retire later than any other position at the age of 36. Thomas Armstrong is an ex-rugby player who was told he would never play sports again due to injuries and illness. However, he ignored traditional medicine and his doctor's advice, and now he teaches others how to successfully do the same. He's completed ultra-marathons, and he's continued to defy the odds, despite the fact he had to endure a hip operation that failed. He credits the power of movement and creating good nutritional habits for the turnaround, both physically, mentally, and emotionally, in his life. And Armstrong joined me this week to tell me more about his inspirational, courageous, and emotionally gratifying story. So without further delay, I'm Kevin McShan. Let's have this conversation. Thomas, I know your background is as an ex-rugby player and you were told to never play sports again because of injury and illness. So I'm wondering if you could uh, give me the bird's eye view of your story and how you ended up being the person you are today. Yeah, I mean, like I said briefly on uh, on message, I mean, I could probably talk about this for the whole 30 minutes. Um, but where I started, I'm an ex-professional rugby league player in the UK. Um, I played for some of the best clubs uh, in the UK. I played for St. Helens, I played for Witness, I played, um, I played for Leon, I played for um, I played for Toronto. Well, that's where I retired, actually. Um, Toronto down in your end in Canada. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so my, my, my professional career uh, never reached the kind of the heights that I wanted to reach just due to, due to injury. Um, now, that injury was uh, an unfortunate hip degeneration that happened. Um, happened. It was a chronic injury that just kept getting worse in my hip, and then they, they, they recommended that I needed surgery. 
And now in, re- in retrospect, the surgery went wrong and uh, I could have done much more, much, much more things to, to help me get to recover and get back on the field. But at the time I was, a, I was, I was 26 at the time, 27. I was just advised to take the surgery. It's called, it was a hip arthroscopy uh, and femoral head reshaping. So basically the ball and socket joint wasn't smooth and didn't fit in correctly into the joint. So every time I was moving, they said that it was uh, grinding on the joint and causing osteoarthritis and causing labral damage, which is like a tear. And basically what I was advised to do was have this surgery and it would just it, it would essentially just recover recover from that and in, in with, with a bit of physiotherapy. But ultimately that wasn't the case and um, I ended up having to retire uh, not long after about six months later, I, I was training and uh, trying to recover and get back quicker. But I was put on this um, an Alter G, which is basically a anti gravity treadmill. And as I was running, uh, I just felt something go grind and just like a, a, a really dull ache through my whole leg. And uh, ever since that point, I've never never stepped foot on the field again. And just had to accept that I was retired, and I just had to walk away from the game there. And then, literally in the space of a few weeks I was a professional sportsman and obviously my, my plan was to I was I was doing well at the time and I was just hoping that I was gonna go it was gonna go on and I was gonna make a career away from within rugby but away from rugby but that wasn't to be and I had to just step take a step back from 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 the field. Now the 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 process of where I got to the injury was it was a, a long degenerative process. I was I, I was never never had any injuries in my life. Never had any illness really in my life, and then all of a sudden, I started to get these chronic pain in both on, in all my joints, in my knees, my hips, my my fingers, my knuckles. Any previous like kind of injuries because I've like broken all my fingers playing rugby, but I started to get really bad pains within my joints. And now, now I know kind of what what that was that was to do with that was to do with a gut issue that I had, and um, that was to do with me living in a a house that had mold in the um, you know, black mold in the in the corner of the, in the corner of some rooms, and uh, I'm allergic. To, I found out that I'm allergic to mold, and this was causing inflammatory response called the chronic inflammatory response syndrome. And obviously, going a bit headier, but we'll we'll cut back. But essentially, I was having these joint pains as a result of a gut issue that was untreated. So I ended up having surgery on an inflamed joint that I didn't need surgery on. Essentially, so I ended up having to retire because I had a gut issue. Now this is where my kind of I've I've now my journey has progressed to is now I coach people more holistically because I could have carried on playing sport and carried on being a professional athlete and maybe getting to the top of my game if I was if I knew what I was putting in my body and my diet was right and my environment that I was living in was 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 a good environment. So now I kind of try and coach people and t- teach people how to uh, better better live their lives in terms of work, obviously the, the environment they're in whether there's they're, they're around any toxins whether they're allergic to any of these toxins the nutritional aspect of things and also the movement and the coaching aspect of things where now i am um, and an, a, a coach of more like a, a movement-based plan where you can recover from injuries such as my hip because they after my surgery the doctor said i needed a hip replacement before i was 30. So I kept using, uh, developing different techniques and using alternative therapies like red light therapy and uh, different cold water techniques and breath breath work and things. And then I went back for a, a, con- a second consultation and they said that the, my hip um, 
inflammation had, had reduced and the osteoarthritis had reduced massively. And so I kept putting off surgery, kept putting off surgery. And to the point where I'm at today, four years, five years on, I've still not had surgery on the hip and um, I've run ultra marathons, I've done triathlons. And so I'm just like kind of now trying to coach and teach people that there is a way out of uh, chronic pain and chronic illness without having to go to the doctor, take medication to block and mask the pain to, to, to feel anxious, depressed and, and down when you can actually just take control of your life by following some simple systems and procedures that kind of I've, I've developed and obviously other people in the world have developed like in, in previous history, not just me, obviously. Yeah, and Thomas, tell me, how has your overall quality of life sort of changed or improved since you've sort of ignored uh, traditional medicine and why are you so passionate to teach other people to do the same? Well, if I take you back to when I, I first discovered that I had a gut ailment due to um, the, the, the more the environment was in, I was suffering for everything I ate. It was almost like a, a irritable bowel syndrome or Crohn's disease kind of symptoms. I was eating, I was eating things and normal, normal things that you would eat every day, you know, just... Um, even you know, some, sometimes you get a takeaway, you treat yourself, and then I was in. I would lie in bed for two, three days with like chronic fatigue. I couldn't get out of bed. I had like bloodshot eyes. There was loads of things that and, and like um, uh, burst, burst, burst capillaries underneath my eyelids. And I just was thinking something's not quite right here. And I just I kept going to doctors. They said that I had a family history of gall disease and so they, and uh, chronic gastritis. So they wanted to basically remove my gall. And it was at that point that I was like. I need to something to change. I need to find out what's going on because no, I went to several doctors, more than more than several, countless doctors, and they all just basically said that there's you've got a family history of this. You need to take these medications, antacids, the X, Y, Z. Just, just, just you, you're going to be on medication all your life. Take we're going to take your gall out, and then you're going to be on like like your granddad did, and blah blah blah. Like my family history is pretty 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 uh, rough when it comes to uh, gut ailments and and gall disease. So. I, I I wasn't going to accept that fate. So but that was about three years ago. So my life at the time, I was I was in chronic pain. I was taking loads of painkillers, pain medication. I was taking antacids. I'm taking. I was just lying in bed, and I was just from 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 a highly active professional athlete one one year to someone who just had an operation uh, and was lying in bed. Was obviously not feeling great and couldn't eat anything because I just moved, it, it all coincided. With, I moved house as I got injured. So it was like. This house that I moved into was a moldy environment, but I didn't know that I was allergic to this mold. And so that kind of period where I'd, I'd just retired from rugby because of injury, I'd been taking um, um, medications at what uh, the, when, when you get an infection, I had, to, I had to take a lot of antibiotics after, because I got an infection in my hip. So I'd taken antibiotics, which was lowering my, my gut microbiota in my, my stomach because it kills all the good bacteria as well, uh, antibiotics. So, I then was in this kind of melting pot of a really bad situation. I was allergic to my house. I was I had a really bad gut microbiome because of the antibiotics, and then it was just uh, the combination of those two things together, and, and, and eating poorly as well because I was just kind of like having takeaways, comfort food because I was feeling down. All this kind of all this, and obviously all the toxins within the the, the, the poor food and the the takeaways. All this kind of kind of made like up. The perfect storm for uh, chronic inflammatory response syndrome, chronic chronic, infl chronic inf inflammation within the body, 
And that's kind of where I ended up being. And every day it was a struggle to even get up. And there was, there was things that I was doing, like um, I was saying to my wife, can you pass me that over there? And I couldn't remember the name of what it was. It was a fork at the time. And it's like, there was, it felt like I was getting early onset dementia. I couldn't even think of people's names. I just had a newborn baby as well, my son. Kept forgetting people's names. It was just like really embarrassing. And it was all around the same time as the pandemic as well. So we're locked in our house all the time. So I'm locked in this environment that was toxic. And so basically what you said, going back to your question, how has my life improved? Well, it's improved 20-fold because I'm, I'm able to do do these things, have these talks, I'm, I coach people, I'm, I'm, I've run marathons, I've run triathlons. I've got my life back essentially after understanding what, um, what my body's about, what what, what the, my gut is about, and that's like the through the through the blood testing and gut analysis that I now do with my business, I had to do this on my own to get to get all this data to better understand why I was being ill because no doctors at the time were helping me. They just were saying, right, okay, you've got a family history of this, so let's 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 do this um, a reductionist approach and take out the take out your gall, take out a part of your body, and then let's leave you on medication for the rest of your life. And it's just that was not that just was not an option for me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Thomas, I'm curious to get your thoughts on the concept of perseverance and how you view it, buddy, because you've been through a lot. So how do you view the concept of perseverance? Perseverance and your resilience, you said. Yeah, so I think uh, resilience is like you kind of the, a trait, right? And so I'm, I am a very resilient person because I think you to be a professional athlete, you have to be resilient. You have to be and you have to persevere. So you pers- every every week you, you you train several times a week, and then you play on a weekend. And to get to a professional level, you have to be of a certain mindset and ilk to get there to 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 get over you know adversity and to 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 overcome people saying you're not good enough because ninety nine percent of people don't make it in professional sport. And whilst I didn't get to the heights that I wanted to get to, I still was played professionally. You know, I was I was played to play the sport that I loved, and I to in order to get to that point, like I said, you have to be resilient. You have to have you have to show resilience, and you have to be persistent. Persistent action when you when when the chips are down. That's 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 how you you drive yourself forward. You might not have a good game, but you've got to dust yourself off, and you've got to pick yourself back up. And so I think I've taken that mindset of a, a sport, a, a professional athlete, a, a professional sportsman into my, um, my, 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 my recovery in terms of recovering myself and, uh, and, and learning about the, the gut microbiome and, and, and how, how to obviously treat self, self, self-treat yourself. Because at the time, again, I was talking back, back in uh, the pandemic times, uh, doctors didn't want to really didn't want to know like the, the, if, if it wasn't to do with the pandemic it wasn't really it wasn't on their list of things to help so I was just like I said I was sent away so that 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 feeling of um, I, I guess you can just say feeling really like on your own you've got you in this on your own you, you're ill you either accept that you're ill and take these medications that you want you to take and just accept your fate or you find a way and you and going back to the resilience perseverance you, you've got to persevere you you, you try you're trying different elimination diets of trying every single trying to remove food trying fasting for 24 48 hours just trying to read in all literature and absorbing as much data and information as i can in order to, to help myself because at the end of the day i've you, people go to to, to to medical school and all these and, and for six years to, to, to basically learn what you kind of you have to learn yourself in in, in essence to, to treat yourself now obviously i'm not saying that i'm a, 
a, a, a qualified medical professional, but I've, I've read enough enough books now to, to help me and help a lot of people, which I have been doing over the last year, few years. And and my background is I've, I've been to university myself. I'm, I'm a, a master of engineering, so it's not like I don't understand how to to, to learn and to educate myself. And, you know, I've been like an autodidact. I, I like to, to, to self-teach myself because... That's that's the way that's the way that universities that the universities are taught anyway. So I'm I'm used to that kind of learning. So this opportunity I saw is I saw it at first. It was debilitating, mentally hard, mentally hard, uh, traumatic to myself, and I, and I just took it out on everyone around me, my family, and my friends. But then I realised this is an opportunity. This is this is an opportunity for me to learn from this like poor like this poor set of cards that I've been dealt to to help me get back my health and then to help others because it wasn't just me that this was affecting my wife isn't allergic to, to the moldy environment but she she after we had our child um she ended up having um, cervical cancer and i i believe that that's due to the fact that we were in an environment that was moldy and toxic and was causing inflammation whereas i'm hypersensitive and my son's hypersensitive because he had baby asthma so they, they diagnosed him with baby asthma but as soon as we moved out of that house all the symptoms went, a lot of my symptoms went, and my wife's um, cancer reduced and completely went. So I'm, 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 a, I'm a huge advocate for understanding your environment and your body because if, if people didn't know these things, they would have just persevered in the negative way, in the wrong direction, and just grinned and bared it, so to speak, and stayed in the, the house and just gone, okay, we're just ill. Whereas I didn't accept that. That's how I'm resilient. <laughs> you know, I showed perseverance to get out of that, that situation I was in. Yeah, absolutely. And Thomas, I'm curious to ask you about creating good habits nutritionally and sort of taking ownership of your own health. What what do you think that entails, in your opinion? Well, it's the well, it's a multifaceted answer because you could, in order to understand nutrition, it's really difficult from person to person. Now. Identical twins only share up to about 30% of their microbiome of the gut. So if you think about that, they're, they're identical in every single way, except the microbiome, that, that basically the gut. The, I see the gut after all this kind of research and all the all the, 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 the nutritionists I've been working with with my company, True Athletic Fitness. I see the gut as like this, the first brain that, we, that grew within the body. So obviously, over the the, the evolution of of, of of humanity, this the, the gut itself has has developed a way of almost living within you to help you, but also to help itself, and it sends messages back and forth. The gut brain connection to to try and help you understand what's going on with inside you. But because we're so these days, modern man is so. Uh, distracted by communications you buy phones they're not really in touch with what these subtle signals may be so having bloating having gastric pain having um you know red marks potentially rashes on your neck on your face on your ears or on your feet all these things are telltale signs from your gut to say something's not right let's try and change this let's try let's try and affect this now, without get, becoming a guru and you know meditating every day and understanding like in that becoming a spiritual guru and understanding every single um, indication that that that's sent from your gut to understand what they mean, you, you probably you could probably spend a lifetime doing that. But what I now do uh, with with my company is we have a team of doctors and nutritionists who we we get your blood test, we get your gut analysis done, and that way we kind of 
stream it on the process instead of doing what I had to do, go away and research and find out how to cure yourself. What we do is give you uh, the diet that is perfect for your gut microbiome. So what we do is we test lo lots of blood markers and te test the whole gut and flora and fauna and basically give you a dossier report and then give you an itemized list of what, you, what, what you're sensitive to, what you're allergic to, what you potentially can eat, what you can't eat, and then we, we construct a diet for you personally. And that will include, obviously, this is for people who potentially have uh, already current symptoms, or if for athletes out there and uh, people who want to just get even better, then we help, like, uh, we go into professional sporting clubs and stuff to help them get, to, to help them improve by even one more percent. Because um, understanding that, say, a professional athlete who's doing really well could be. Eating still the wrong, still eating the wrong foods that's for their gut, so they could so potentially they could even push that envelope even higher and become even better than they already are and stay better for longer if they're eating the right things and avoiding contaminants and avoiding foods that are bad for them. So in in short, yeah, I think it's vital to understand and know what is going on inside your body. But there's a kind of a streamlined, shortened process that kind of my company now does in order to help you understand exactly what is in there. Because without you can never know fully what's in there without having these tests done. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that was my next question to say. No matter what your age is, it's important to understand the connection between your brain and your gut health. So I'm wondering if you could just put a bow on that last answer and why it's so important to uh, know uh, your statistics when it comes to your brain and your uh, gut health and why they're so interconnected. Yeah, so the the gut brain connection has been um, been known since the, the the Greek philosophers, since Hippocrates himself, uh, father of modern, father of medicine and uh, holistic medicine. Uh, the philosopher, you know, 400 BC, I think it was. You know, he was a lot, long time ago, and he. He, 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 he coined the term, let thy food be thy medicine. So basically, like, he he won, he, he knew. They, they, people of those that, that age knew all about the gut and brain connection, how important it was back those, back in those days. But because of modern-day living, we've just lost that uh, connection, lost, lost those uh, kind of techniques and practices. So and the reason I said about age um, is... I take people on retreats as well. So I take people away, take people like of communities of similar like-minded people who want to, like, who, who have been in similar situations to me or they want to, you know, improve the health and fitness holistically altogether, you know. But then it's hard to find a group of people together who want to do this. And and the, the fact of having a community around you helps you heal quicker and helps you just feel happy in general because you've got people who are, who are on the same kind of wavelength, probably on the same path. So talking about age, I I've taken you know elderly people away who have had dementia. I've taken people away who have had uh, you know really bad chronic pains uh, to, to 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 fitness and wellness retreat kind of thing in in, in Wales uh, over in, in England uh, in the UK. Sorry, and basically the the reason it's important to take control of this even at any stage of your life. Is because I've had people who are 60, 70 years old who came on the, that weekend away in a wheelchair and left walking out of that place. Obviously, they were in a wheelchair because they preferred to be in a wheelchair because they, they felt like they couldn't move because they were in pain and whatever. But, but at the end of those three days, 
we got we had a, we had a gentleman who was who couldn't walk up and down the stairs. He he was walking up and down three flights of stairs, and he he was talk, remembering people's names who had dementia. So and that's just from simple movement. This isn't from anything that's that's crazy. This is just from getting active, stimulating the vagus nerve, getting blood flow to your brain and from your gut, and like eating the right foods, taking away toxins, um, all lectins in kind of nuts, seeds, grains, barley, wheats, all these things that are kind of really high in lectins and are really damaging for the gut and cause um, symptoms like dementia type symptoms and can exasper exasperate the, the 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 symptoms of dementia even further. So I've seen people, like I said, of all ages, and uh, grow from doing these kind of uh, using all these the knowledge that I've kind of I've gathered over the years. But also, if even if you are at that point where you think, oh, there's nothing I can do, I'm, I'm, there's nothing that can be done. Like I, I know these, I know, and I've, I've seen people like regain their life, even even for those three days. If they don't continue to do the movement afterwards, obviously they'll degenerate again. But the fact is that I've seen that change in a matter of days. So it is possible to change even even get some time back that you might you may think's gone you know what i mean yeah absolutely earlier thomas you told me you uh spent some time in, in canada playing for the toronto rugby team my friend so tell tell me what do you re remember most about canada and uh, what did you enjoy most while you were here buddy well <laughs> the important thing is not, i never actually went to canada so <laughs> I played for Toronto, but I signed over here. They had a, they, it was a team where they, they, they traveled every week. So basically in the Super League, the, the, the competition I was playing, they trained in the UK, but they played in Canada. So I had to, I was, I retired during the preseason and the preseason was done in England. So I never actually got on the plane to Toronto. So I don't really know, but I've always wanted to go. <laughs> Well, yeah, we gotta make sure that you get to this side of the border, absolutely, buddy. Gotta uh, show you some uh, Canadian hospitality, right? I'd love to, yeah, I'd absolutely love to. I've not been away since before the pandemic, so I need to get a break. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You gotta spread your wings a little bit, huh? 100%. Hey, uh, Thomas, tell me, do you see your uh, parts of yourself and the people that you train and? Uh, do you sort of uh, relate to them on sort of a more human level because you've been through similar experiences? And how important is it for you to meet your clients where they are? Um, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I find I'm. I'm. I'm a very empathic kind of person due to obviously all the kind of traumas I've been through in my life, and obviously understanding that, you know, even though someone may look okay, internally they might be, internally in the, mentally and internally in the gut, they might be really suffering. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really kind of empathize with a lot of people and a lot of the clients that I, I take on tend to be people who have tried everyone else or have tried a lot of other techniques because they have, you know, they've had certain PTs, certain coaches, and they've never really got to the results that they wanted to from 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 the the, the, sta the standard way of, of, of doing things and that can be because they may have an underlying health issue with the gut or they may have um some some mental health traumas but it can, it can all be interrelated and and the way that i kind of program my sessions and program my uh, coaching 
the my whole pathway is is starting from the base and working up, starting from zero, from ground zero. So no matter how fit you think you are, I, I tend to start to start from from just a movement based pro- program and then going into someone's house in general, trying to find out what they're eating and do a food diary. And then obviously if they want to take the next step in uh, the treatment, then I'll offer them the, the, the gut analysis and the blood, the blood work. And then if they want to go further, then we can offer red light therapies and other treatments and therapies. So yeah, I, I definitely empathize with people and, and the, the way I choose my clients, I don't have many clients at all. I usually work with five or 10 maximum at a time because I like to dedicate a lot of time to that person because it's not just about getting in shape. It's not just about, it's about getting healthy and it's about changing your lifestyle because you can't just get fit and healthy and then for, for six, 12 weeks, like some people do and just do a program to go on holiday and whatnot. You have to really change your lifestyle in order for that to stick and to, to have longevity in, in what, what, what I kind of want to, kind of what I give to, what I give to my clients. I, I want them to go away after they've seen me for six 12 what three months whatever it might be four months five months however long they use me for i want them to go away and be able to get knowledge so that they don't have to come back to me in general yeah they can still speak to me ask me a few questions that'll never go away but i like to really take care of the the people that i I, I take on and i want them to you know learn from what they're doing and not just have a again a reductionist approach put put a plaster on something have a quick fix and then you know, six weeks later, it all goes it all goes back to square one. I want them to be able to go away from me and be able to then potentially help other people in, in, around them and have, have the knowledge base to do so. It's not just a yeah a quick fix for me. It's it's, it's basically I want I want people to change their lifestyle as well. And that's why I kind of my title is a holistic performance and lifestyle coach. I, I want to be able to you know pass that knowledge on and for that not to just be uh, a two minute you know, or whatever a twelve week cycle then it, it, you just regress back into what you used to do your old habits your old ways yeah it's all about uh, paying it forward and, and establishing consistency isn't it yeah 100 percent. yeah definitely and thomas i'm gonna share just a little a bit about myself you you know buddy i was born with what's called uh spastic uh quadruple cerebral palsy simply means that i don't have enough oxygen in my legs to walk uh, normally, so it affects things like uh, my muscle movement, muscle uh, dexterity, and my endurance. And I know uh, for you that you've completed um, uh, ultra marathons, and you've also uh, completed wall runs. And it's important to you, as you said at the beginning of our conversation, to promote a holistic ways of, of treating ailments and other injuries and sort of embracing non-traditional medicine. So tell me about why it's so important for you to spread the word and the importance you place on always uh, being active as well. Yeah, um, I think it's important to spread the word because I, I, I still believe that modern medicine obviously has a lot of um, investment from big pharma and big pharma then kind of dictates what you kind of, you, the, the what the doctors and practitioners learn in university and i think that especially over in the uk they they don't have enough time to to speak to people on a on a personal level and basically you're in your symptoms are checked and then you're given a a, a prescription and I, I, I believe it's kind of similar all over the world and um, so you 
what why it's important to find a different approach and find a, a an ulterior an, an alternative is because you're not around the doctors all the time <laughs> the doctor can't see you all day every day you need to understand what's good for you and what what how you can help recover yourself and the part the the very first part of the recovery and the get, getting yourself better is movement if you're not moving you don't get enough blood flow to your extremities you don't get enough blood flow to your brain if you can't if you can't if you can't obviously move and do the things that you need to do or want to do then then you need to you need to be promoting blood flow all the time and um so i like you like you just said i've, I've run ultra marathons and done these things i did that as a kind of to prove the doctors wrong who said i needed a hip replacement i needed this i needed xyz i couldn't do this couldn't do that so i was more to more of a um yeah just uh, just trying to prove people wrong because that's the kind of way i work and I, I i was on a podcast with uh, my, my friend um <laughs> who i who used to go to uh, school with years ago he, he was um he, he used to do ultra marathons and he basically said uh, it was it was in, it was the 31st of october two years back and he just said to me do you want to should we do an ultra marathon and then hadrian's wall which is um the, the wall that the romans built um uh, when they occupied uh the uk again against the against the they, they built a wall from one side of the uk to the other uh, in in northumbria across across the whole of the uk and um, it's 72 miles, and basically they, they built it. Uh, king, uh, sorry, not King, Hadrian. He uh, sees a Hadrian. He built the wall to keep out the Scottish at the time. And so basically, the 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 pathway there's a, an existing pathway that goes all the way across the UK. And I did it in, um, to raise to raise money for uh, multi-neuronal disease, which is what my uh, nan died of. And um, so uh, we we just we just started running and. Um, we expected it to do it in 24 hours, but it took us 70, uh, two. It took us two days in the end, and uh, a huge amount of pain. But it was more the fact that I, 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 at that point, I was one of the, about one and a half years into retirement, and I'd been doing a lot of the movement-based stuff. I still was nowhere near where I am today, but I was. I felt good, and I just, um, I just wanted to prove to the doctors and the consultants who said I needed a, 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 a new hip wrong basically and uh, i just started running and then i've done a few other things where I, I tend to i tend to raise money for charity for motor disease because um, my, my nan died of it and um i've had there's a there's a there's a guy at the minute rob burrow who plays in the uk who he's unfortunately had got got uh, diagnosed with um motor disease as well uh, after after retiring from rugby himself so um yeah the it, it's quite a, it's a it's a charity that's close to my to my heart so that's why i try to you know raise money for that but then the, like i said that the importance of um, move, movement is, is is that's 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 the basic fundamentals of uh, staying keeping keeping yourself young, keeping your joints young. Like the the doctors and surgeons said, I've got osteoarthritis in in my hips, and uh, ultimately they said you should limit your movement. But then I started to read around and started to do a lot more research, and then everything that set everything that I was reading and looking into. Was basically saying the more that you 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 stay sedentary, if you've got osteoarthritis and these things, the more that your your joints atrophy and stiffen up, and the more the more it's hard, it's the the, the, the more degeneration happens. Obviously, you've not got the muscles that you're using there in the hips, and you the, the 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 faster it accelerates when you do try and then move. So it was kind of counterintuitive to, for me to sit around and do nothing, whereas it seems counterintuitive for the to the doctors when I was saying to them, I need to do weights, I need to move, I need to explore this. The range of motion that I still have got, they were like saying, "No, you're just going to cause more trauma, more injury." Where now, three years, four years down the line, from that point, I'm, I'm, I'm almost better than I've ever been. I've still got a floating bone within my joint capsule, and I've still got some uh, 
uh, cement material they put during the, the, the surgery inside the joint. So I, st I still need to go in for a little clear out of that of that old, that little bit of bone that's cleared off. But essentially because I moved and kept moving through the pain and using pain as a guidance, I was able to get my, myself back to, you know, doing all these challenges and running marathons and competing in all half Ironman triathlons and, and all these things and things that I was told I should never be able to do again. I've, still, I've never played rugby again, but that's uh, <laughs> that's maybe another thing. Well, you know, Thomas, I always say the power of reinvention has its place, doesn't it? Yes, yes, 100% it does, mate. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and Thomas, I'm curious to ask you because you are the perfect perfect person to ask this for any athlete that may be watching this today. I'm curious to get your thoughts on the importance of sort of having a post-play a plan or post-career plan when you're uh, done playing hard for it. Uh, do, do you think athletes should think about life after sports? Oh, it's, yeah, it's hugely important. It's like, basically, like my last five so five years ago I retired and for the last uh the two years after retirement was pretty much me just in a in a dark place in a hole basically blaming everyone else around me and just feeling like and then blaming myself a lot and just beating myself up and then I ended up um, you know drinking a lot more than I should I was I, I was uh, abusing my ADHD medication that I used to take I don't take them anymore I ended up abusing the medications and I just ended up in a really dark place downward spiral just just um just trying to escape basically it was just any escapism was just a part of my reality because i was just i was a professional sportsman then i wasn't overnight and the rugby league they have um they do have a, a really good uh, charity that works alongside them i think it's called rugby league cares and and um a few other there's a couple of others that are in there as well they helped me a lot to be to be to quite honest and they were quite good but they they come in to, to the rugby clubs when you're playing and they do try and set you up for what you're going to do after but in my case i was doing a petroleum engineering degree as well alongside playing professional sports so i felt like i'm, I'm okay um I'll, I'll be fine because i've got a, a, a master's in petroleum engineering so but turns out that if you if you carry on playing rugby and don't keep in touch with your education after you've got your degree you can't really go straight into a job so what i should have been doing is still taking courses for engineering while i was you know still playing but i didn't really do that and then i once i got out of um, rugby and i tried to get a job in engineering it just was simply said you've got to go back to school essentially and that's what really broke that, that that's one of the things that really broke me at the time because i was I just thought I'd done all my, I sacrificed so much time to do this degree. And the amount of time, the, the hardships that I had to face because I was traveling, I was getting up at 5 a.m. every day. I was traveling to the University of Manchester, doing my degree, then going to training of an evening and then back and then driving back to two hours to, to where I lived. I, I just never stopped for like four years. And then having to balance that with playing full-time rugby, it was really, really difficult. I, I was mentally challenged and stressed during my time at university. So, to have to do all that and then get out of get out into retirement and then realize I can't actually get a, a job because I was um, I didn't stick keep in touch with my uh, studies and you know I didn't keep in touch with the the industry was uh, devastating and basically at that point I was like uh, self destruct mode and I just wanted to kind of just like you know forget everything and just bloody just yeah basically escape and that's what I did for two years and then that's when I kind of got myself to rock bottom and 
got myself out and decided, right, I can't continue doing this. So we just had a newborn baby. My wife was ill. I was started, I was ill and like I just needed a, a way out of it. No one else was going to come and help me. So I had to help myself. And that's what I did. And like, what, I, what I say to anyone who's a professional who's in a similar situation is that after John Rupi, you've got every single thing or John Rupi or press sport. You have everything planned out for you. you. Everything you do from when you wake up to when you go to bed pretty much. So like you have your days planned, you have your weeks planned, you have your months planned, you have your off-season planned. So you have your whole year planned. And when that goes away and you're left on your own to your own devices without any money coming in, without any any, any chance of, a, without having a job, you just feel like you've gone from this, the peak of your your career, you're, you're in front, you're, you're playing in front of state, in stadiums, you're, you're, you're on the TV. And then for that to be taken away overnight, it, it is it is a really really hard pill to swallow and it, and it was one that I, it took me like I said a year and a half two years for, to, to to grasp what has happened and to, to to pick myself up and go right okay no one's coming for me so I've got to, I've got to sort this out myself and yeah so for those for those for those if there is any sportsmen out there potentially this this then yeah you need to have a plan and a, and a, a bit of a, a routine and a consistent routine as you were saying before to to get yourself back into some kind of working pattern whether that be you know having a job or self-employed whatever it may be you still need a plan you still need structure to stick to in order to you know go, go on and live the second chapter of your life after rugby or after your sport yeah there's that you know a post-career game plan isn't there yeah yeah definitely you need to have that you need to have that in place otherwise you'll get lost like i did <laughs> yeah absolutely thomas my final question for you today has to do with your own personal and professional legacy and how you want that to be defined well like we obviously spoke about rugby and we spoke about like i never really got to where i wanted to be to the heights that i wanted to be, to reach in rugby due to obviously what we spoke about but um and that that was a small that was a chapter in my life so obviously i, ne I never quite got there but like moving forward with my business with uh, true athletic fitness with the red light therapy business true lights i want to be able to help people you know, understand the bodies and help them, you know, regain their health or help them stay at their peak for longer. And I'm working with a, lot, a couple of rugby players at the minute and some some really top-level rugby league players and uh, some football, uh, professional footballers in the, the Premier League. And, and we want I want them to be able to stay at the peak for, for as long as they can. And I also want people who are not professionals, not athletes, I want them to understand their bodies and I want them to be able to, you know, regain the just, just, just get out, get out of a rut if they're in a rut, or just, just understand themselves, understand their bodies better without having to rely on modern medicine, without having to rely on doctors to tell you what to, what, what medicine you should be on, what antidepressant you should be on, what, you know, what, what, what plaster to put on, you know, what, what symptom. And I, I feel like I've just got a bit, I've got a real passion to be able to, to, I've got this. I've got this opportunity. To, I've got a company set up, and I'm, I'm able to help people through these gut tests and analysis. And I can see that people change over overnight, almost. And I, I, I want to be able to, you know, pass that on to other people and be remembered for helping people out. Not, you know, that. Yeah, I just, I just, I just want to make a make a change. I know everyone says I want to make a change in the world. I want to make a change to this, that, the other. But if I can make a change, to, you know. 10, 15, 20 people in the community and then they make changes and that spreads, then then yeah, that's what I want to do. I don't, I, I don't want it to stop here. I'm just I'm just I've just started and basically feel like I've just started again and started my life again. You know, I'm 33 and I retired five years ago and now I really feel like I've got an opportunity to do something positive again after rugby. Now now I can see that this is my new path, my new direction. It's taken me a long time to find my new path, 
but this is what I feel like I'm, I'm meant to meant to do now. Yeah, Thomas, I always say that every everything that happens in life happens directly on time, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly that, mate. Exactly that. And, and Thomas, tell me finally, if people want to get connected with you, buddy, what's the best way they can do that? Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, you, my, I'm, I'm most active on my Instagram at t armstrong eighty nine. Um, but also you can find me on LinkedIn, Thomas Armstrong, and you can find me on um, Facebook, Instagram, and all the socials. But yeah, at T Armstrong 89, pretty much throughout the, all that. Um, and then if you want to go on to LinkedIn, just uh, Thomas, Thomas Anthony Armstrong, and um, I'll be the, the one that says ex-professional rugby and true athletic fitness founder. Uh, fantastic. Well, uh, Thomas, I really uh, appreciated you uh, taking some time to, uh, today to share your inspirational and encouraging story of both perseverance, resilience, and inclusion for all, Bunny. Your work in the space of fitness and uh, your motivation for athletes and others alike is most appreciated, my friend. And I want to thank you for being here today. No worries. Thank you. Thank you for the invite, Kevin. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.